Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Top 40 Country Radio Recording Artist D.A. Cole is firing things up on the Lions Radio Network with this provocative approach to talk radio. Hot topics, interesting guests, and music will entice listeners to call in and join the conversation on Turning Up the Heat. Welcome to Turning Up the Heat. Once again, I'm D.A. Cole, along with my producer, engineer, and co-host, he does it all around here, Mr. Brian Gard. Hey, DA. It's always good to be back uh, in the swing of things here on Lions Radio Network and Turning Up the Heat with DA Cole. We are definitely swinging tonight. We're swinging, uh, we're swinging some baseball, and um, we're swinging some World Series baseball. And we are fortunate to have uh, not only a former Major League player, uh, but a player that played on a World Series winning team. And um, you may also know him as an author and the creator of The Nutty Buddy. Please welcome to the show our buddy, <coughs> Mr. Mark Littell. Hey, Mark, how are you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's great. You nailed everything right there. I'm so excited to be with D.A. and Brian tonight. We're going to have a good one. Here we are, and we're excited to have you as well. We've got a couple things we'd like to uh, to talk with you about. Uh, not only baseball, but um, some of the things that you're doing with uh, with the Wake Foundation. Um, really interested yeah. to uh, for you to you know let our listeners know uh, some of the great things you're doing with that organization with uh, with, with 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 vets and um, through that uh, care center. And um, but we've got uh, we got a World Series going on, and uh, you know obviously um, it's important mm-hmm. that uh, that we during the the time of the World Series that we <laughs> we we get into that a little bit on the show. And um, so we've got the Dodgers and the Red Sox and uh, being a New York yep. Yankee fan, um, you know, obviously right. I'm now, I'm now a temporary Dodger fan or although, although that my family, <laughs> uh, my family's from Brooklyn. So they were Dodger fans. Gotcha. So it's not, I'm not really too far uh, removed from the whole Dodger, you know, nation thing. So it's, uh, about that. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's not inappropriate for me to, to be rooting for the Dodgers right now, being that I have Brooklyn roots. So um, tell me your thoughts on, uh, tell me your thoughts on the pitching. You know, first of all, the pitching for, for both uh, the, the Dodgers and the Red Sox, the Red Sox uh, for our listeners who may have missed, uh, have not been paying attention to the news or sporting news for the last uh, day or so. Well, the Red Sox took the first yeah, game. Yeah, you had uh, you had uh, Clayton Kershaw going for the Dodgers and Chris Sale, and both of them went four innings yesterday. And, uh, you know, Sale ended up uh, throwing uh, a little bit too much on his pitch count right there, and he had to be removed right there. And I think uh, it was – and then they got to uh, Kershaw standing as well. He ended up giving up five runs, uh, earned runs at that. But uh, they were both cut short, and the bullpen had to step in and uh, take over. And they they did a pretty good job. Uh, the damage had been done though for most part, and the score ends up eight to four, of course. But you know you've got some uh, good pitching coming down the line. You know, like even tonight, you've got you know David Price going for Boston, 
and then you've mm-hmm. got Ken Jung Run uh, uh, going for the Dodgers. And I was looking at the uh, Dodgers uh, pitching in, uh, with uh, Walker uh, Bueller, who is 24 now. I just turned 24. You've got your next group right up there, 27 to 32, or well, 38 actually. So uh, they've got a little bit of an older staff. Uh, right. That doesn't really necessarily mean anything. Uh, Boston's uh, a little bit more, they got a little bit fresher time out there. They got two days of rest. And uh, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. But, uh, but they're, they're all churning right now. They're all hitting on uh, some you know, pretty close to eight cylinders. And that's what the World Series is all about. So that game you know, will be played at uh, seven to nine. And it's going to be forty-two. It's going to be it's going to it's going to be forty-two degrees in Boston tonight. So, um, right. I'm not sure who, uh, if that's going to really benefit the Red Sox or not. You know, the 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 Dodgers play uh, obviously West Coast. It's it's generally warmer. Uh, Boston starts their you know starts their season. Um, you know, when it's it's still cold in the Northeast. Of course, they may be on the road for a few games right. early in the season, and maybe out you know in a, in a warmer climate. But generally, I think that the teams that are accustomed to playing in, in more adverse cl- climate might have a bit of an advantage. Would you say that? Uh, would you? Would you? Yeah. Agree with that? Yeah, I would actually uh, a little bit. Uh, myself pre- preference. I would. I like to pitch in cold weather. Tell you, uh, cooler really? weather, not cold, but cooler because you, uh, you were crisper. And uh, at that time, and then if you get too hot, oh, it just drains. It just drains you. And back when I was playing in St. Louis, we had the AstroTurf at that time, and it could get really get heated up yeah. uh, on that turf. So, but you know, six one half and a half dozen another, and that, and you've got uh, you know Price coming out. Uh, you got your left hander, and then you got your uh, left hander uh, uh, Kim Jung coming out, and he's supposed to do his thing. And we'll just see who holds out the most, and that's what it all is. It's an endurance contest, especially at this time of the year. These guys. Guys have been through spring training, 162 ball games. They've been through at least seven or eight games themselves right now at this point. So they're they're pushing uh, 170 right now with spring training. So uh, it it they're gutting it out at at this point. And uh, you know, and deal. getting back to uh, the point on on, on the weather, uh, the temperature. You know, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree when you're when you're when you're working out there. You know, you're working up a lather. And you know, you really out your your body's so warm. You know, there there was a picture, right? You know, you played I think at the at the time that uh, that Mike Marshall was playing, um, and he's the right. guy that you know thermogenics. You know that you uh, that you 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 actually uh, you sweat, and then it's better to not have something over your body when you're sweating because the sweat ter- turns to cold water underneath your clothing right. and actually makes you freeze. So <clears throat> you're better off uh, to have sleeve. You know, pitch without a sleeveless shirt. Let the sweat. You know, right. just you know. So that that was uh, something that was uh, that theory was created by a pitcher named Mike Marshall. I'm sure you know all about that, and that was in the 70s. Well, he was um, he was bold with that. I mean, Marshall threw in over 100, 100, 100 appearances, uh, one or well, I don't know how many times, not not many, but he's I mean, nobody's ever you know went that far. And right. uh, of course he 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 has his doctorate in kinesiology and things of that nature. But uh, the one thing is, is any pitcher, no matter how cold it is, you, you take your warm-up jacket off. You don't throw the warm-up jacket on because you'll just, like you said, your arm, your arm actually, uh, it creates a cold spot when you take that jacket off and after you've warmed up mm-hmm. a little bit. And, and that's not good. You almost freeze out there. And, right. Uh, you actually do freeze, <laughs> especially if there's a little wind. Wind hurts you more than anything, by the way, too. 
That's the big well, thing. Well, let's, let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let, let's tell our audience that, that you grew up, uh, you know, playing your early ball through, you know, teenage years uh, in uh, right. an area called the boot heel of, <laughs> of Missouri. And uh, I guess uh, if, 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 if our listeners don't know much about that, it's, uh, it's a swampy mm-hmm. area with critters. Yep. And uh, yep. <laughs> and it gets real well, hot in the summertime. And, and uh, the conditions, yep. you're probably swatting uh, mosquitoes and all kinds of little vermin, you know, Marcus flying them. around while you're trying. Yeah, you know, gnats and all kinds of stuff while you're pitching. Uh, tell us a little bit oh, about yeah. that experience. Well, you know, that's true. The, the boot heel is the part that hangs down into Arkansas. If you look at the state of Missouri, it's right on the Mississippi River. So, yeah, it's a kind of a swamp rat, you might say. And uh, the unique thing about boot heel people in our DNA, we have a little bit of webbing between our toes sometimes to make us run faster <laughs> on that silt. So, you know, we get it going. And, and uh, you, might, you might say the boot heel sea is also the part that Arkansas didn't, didn't want, so we just took it back. So that's where I, I live. I'm a, kind of a redneck and kind of a hog where I start grunting every once in a while, too. So, and, and you're part amphibious yeah, no. as well with the webbing between the feet. It's kind of like a flipper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you look down at us. We, we generally are running around barefooted out there in those fields, you know, and chopping cotton and everything else and putting the irrigation on it. And you're trying to avoid water moccasins and, you know, knock them off at the same time. And uh, But that webbing, that'll get you away from them pretty quick, and you can scoot across <laughs> that uh, silt real, real easily. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, hey, it works. Hey, Mark, uh, this is Brian. So just uh, talk a little bit about your, um, you know, down, like the, the, the base, the quality of baseball kind of coming around in that area of the country, you know, all, I'm, I'm originally from the Midwest. Everyone's got their, you know, the base, you know, the, yeah. a lot of good baseball comes out of the South. That's for sure. I think it's partly because of the yeah. weather. People can play all year round when you dedicate yourself. So just, uh, you know, kind of yeah. talk a little bit about that experience. Well, you know, I played Legion ball as well as high school ball. So we, I played on a 60-game schedule, and so my brother caught me. So he, he got drafted twice as a catcher, didn't want to play. He went to Mississippi State and played. So, you know, we're two rednecks out there, and if aren't, the, the strike zone's not right. He just points to his mask, and we take care of the umpire for a little bit. Anyway, but <laughs> and he, uh, he lets one go, in other words. And, uh, but it's, it's – uh, yeah, it's it's fun down there because we play, you know, blue-collar baseball. I wouldn't say the South they play so much. Arizona they do because I think in the South, like I was, they play their football, they play their basketball, they do play their baseball. But the biggest part is they're rednecks like me. You know, we are rednecks. And so we don't really give a shit. We'll cut your nuts off right now, you know, playing baseball. That's just the way we are. So, well, and, uh, you, that's one nutty buddy stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just about to touch on that, that, well, I didn't want to touch on it, but I was going to uh, right. get into that. Um, uh, uh-huh. you, you really can't cut somebody's nuts off if they got, if they have a nutty buddy on. So, um, this is why well, one of the reasons why Mark created, the, <laughs> <laughs> one of the reasons why Mark <laughs> created the nutty buddy might be put, to protect himself from that occurring. Mark, Mark, uh, I don't know if, if, our, if, if all of our listeners are familiar with, with, uh, with the product that, that you've created and the reason why. So would you mind? Um, yes, exactly. Enlighten us on the, uh, the wonders of the Mark Littell Nutty Buddy. Nutty Buddy was uh, invented by me. And I'm not an engineer. I'm a redneck from southeast Missouri. And most people ask me, are you an engineer? I said, no, I'm a redneck from southeast Missouri. How'd you do it? Form follows function, dummy. So anyway, 
pretty simple, I thought, but I did, and it came around, and even the guys who did the CAD work, how do you do this? I said, just do it. So uh, I've got five sizes. i got hammer, boss, hog, trophy, mongo. That's the way they sell. So no, there, there, there is no small. You know, so the little guy with the little pecker goes up there, and he says, the good-looking chick, he slaps down the, that, uh, that thing, and he says, I got a hog, baby. In other words, you know, but she said, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's, that's impressive. And then the eighth grader comes up there. Of course, he's always wearing the mongo, the big boy. And, uh, you know, he's, he's you know, letting, letting everybody know that he's uh, in doubt, I guess. But This uh, is why we call I, the show I, I, Turning Up the Heat. Yeah, and so anyway, we I have I've won five awards over this. I'm uh, not glorifying myself. I mean, I'm a real bona fide redneck, and I don't see why anybody else hadn't done this because I was coaching with the Dodgers at the time, and I was eating my pitcher's butt out one day just for fun, and and I was, I, I got to the, the cup part. How many of you guys wearing a cup? Half of them raising. That's what I figured. I'm just having fun. And then one guy is back in the back says, "Hey, lit. Why don't you just go invent one?" I said, well, heck, I think I will. So I went and got in the training room, got two golf balls, and had some fun with uh, plyometric material and uh, dunked it in the uh, hydroculator and started cutting on it. Next day I came out there and I said, here you go, here's a cup. He said, wow, that looks pretty good. He said, you should get a patent on that. Yeah, right. Well, I checked it out about a month later, and they sent it into Washington, D.C., and he comes back from Washington, D.C., and the guy said, it's free and clear. I said, really? I said, well, what happens now? He said, you spend money. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. And that's exactly what happened. So, so but so it was a, I, it's a, it's a very good invention. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, having played sports, uh, the bulk of my, my, uh, my youth and, and, in 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 in, in, in actually into college, um, just mm-hmm. kind of curious. It's, it's, you know, the, 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 uh, the tagline here is it, it can take a 90 mile per hour pitch uh to the you know to the to the uh hap to the happy boys, place, boys. the boys and uh still protect yeah, boys, and still no? protect and i'm 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 wondering is is it more uh is it kind of what the materials made out of or or also a combination no. of the material and and the and the actual like d- you know design it, of the of the product it, it's it's more the design brian uh because i've got domes on it and each testicle have a little place. They got testicle A, testicle B go here. Instead of being stacked and they yeah. slip out and they get one chopped off like Yachty, you know, you know, you sit there and you they're intact and you're smiling when you get hit by 90 or 90 plus. And I, you know, that's my deal uh, for my MO for about every six months when I first do, started doing this, I'd, I'd take a 90 mile an hour shot right in the nads. And I was on Lopez, Fox Sports Science, Fox yeah. and Friends Morning Show, Times Square, you know, and everybody wanted to throw a ball at me, even including Gretchen. You know, so so you said I want I want to I want to drop it in too. I said okay, well I'm going to laser it in for sure with you. <laughs> so whatever. So you you've been hitting and the nuts no. on lo- more live television than anybody in history. Is that what you're saying? I've been hitting the nuts more than anybody. Period. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah. you know, yeah. that's what I just, I'll just raise my hand. Sure. I can do that. But I tell you one thing I did not like, I did a infomercial and you can go on YouTube, nutty buddy videos and you can see all these uh, videos and you can, and uh, the women like it better than anybody. Cause they say, play it again. And then the guys, they kind of cringe, you know, when they see it, but uh, <laughs> right. I, I wrote a, I wrote a, I wrote a bull named playboy about four years ago. And mm-hmm. I was uh, almost 61 at the time. And so I did what they they call the two bump jump, you know the bull went up yeah. down yeah. and I felt him swell up 
and he's just slammed me right in the ground and cracked my pubic bone. This 1,800-pound bull, I wanted a big bull. I didn't want those little fast things, you know. So uh, he slammed me off pretty quick. And then I got up, and I got up about halfway. And I said, oh, my legs work. And then about eight more inches, I, I got back up eight more inches. I said, oh, I got no ass. So uh, he cracked my pubic uh, bone. So I was oh down my for God. a long time. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> well, bad. I mean, lesson learned on that one. Was that your first uh, bull riding experience, or or was it just first a kind of a – first bull i'll do anything you know pretty much but i'd, I'd ridden i'd ridden uh i tried to break my own horse one day at firecracker i named her she was one year old i went out there back on the fourth of july so i'm gonna break it and she slammed me right into a, a water tank that was made out of concrete i said enough of that shit right now you know i, so I, I actually uh, I, I dated a professional bull rider for for a while um some of our some of our uh, listeners may friends might know that I dated a young lady who was the second best professional bull rider in the world. Uh, and Are you sure she was a woman? She was a, <laughs> oh, I'm sure she was a woman. Uh, she, she's in the well, record Well, you know, books. some of you know the, the, some of those bull riders, the men are men, and, and the women are are men too. So you never know. I mean, but whatever. Well, and, uh, I can I can, I can assure, I can assure you both that she was a woman. <laughs> well, I'm just hoping and she didn't sent you in. So there you go. Well, I don't, I I, uh, I met her in Nashville. Uh, I was performing in Nashville, and she was in the audience. And uh, you know, I I saw her in the audience. I said, "That's a real cowgirl." And I approached her, and I I asked yep. her, you know, what 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 she, who she was, and she said, "Her told me her name." And I said, well, what do you do? And she said, I'm, I'm, I'm a bull rider. So um, I, thought it was, uh, I thought it was unusual. And I went back to the hotel uh, after playing the shows. Yeah. And I, I, I looked up her name. And not only did I see right. her as a bull rider, but it said that she was the second best. She was the world finals runner-up in 2007, 2004 WPRA yep. Rookie of the Year. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. she was a famous bull rider. So I was uh, I was intrigued by that, and we became uh, became very 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 close after that, and I'm still I, one of my best friends to this day. Um, and yeah. uh, I bet that's my bull riding too, story. Because those bull riders are little. Those are they're, they're she, so little sometimes. Well, she's about five mm-hmm. six, 100, 100, 125 pounds. She was, mm-hmm. but she was a you know yep. she was she looked like a professional athlete. She was a uh, you know she was sure. fit and uh, she was in great shape and. Um, but yeah, she wasn't a she wasn't a big body, uh, but the but she rode the yep. same bulls that that men were riding. So uh, these were two thousand, yeah. you know, eighteen hundred, two thousand pound bulls, and uh, she's all banged up. I so I you know I can certainly uh, heard stories that relate to you, what you've told me about you getting your pelvis uh, cracked. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know the it, it's bad. You know the the thing about nutty buddy, it's just not for baseball because we do cr- crickets at the top of our list, but mixed martial arts is too, and then. Uh, lacrosse, sure. hockey, uh, we, even the fencing team used our cup. Uh, it's made out of 124R Lexan, which is bullet-resistant glass. And then I have one called the Flex, and then I have one that is the original. So it's 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 completely solid. But the other one has Flex, so people who run a lot they can use the Flex. And then we have patented pair of shorts. Uh, it does not go in that because we sell it in a threesome here, as far as a jock, a pair of a patented shorts that holds everything up, the boys up, and then the cup is uh, pretty much dynamite because you don't even know you got it on. And that's the whole thing uh-huh. is when kids fall asleep with it at night after a ball game, then they're playing Xbox after the game, and they've still got their cup on. That's a pretty good sell job right there. So <laughs> I like that. Uh, just to let everybody know that it, it, it is available. It's been released to the world. Uh, it's being marketed, mm-hmm. and uh, – 
Uh, just mm-hmm. you, is there a is there a uh, just direct just go to nuttybuddy.com. Yeah. Okay. You just just go to nuttybuddy.com and we are up and running as of nine days ago. We took it out of uh, China and we're back in the United States because we're not doing it in the big stores at all. We sell it just online like we used to. We we do a lot better job that, like that. And okay. uh, it, it's a lot more in our favor to work with the customer as well. Well, people yeah, are certainly shopping um, more and more online day, you know, these days. And um, uh, if it's working for you, con- you know, first of all, congratulations. And um, uh, if, if the marketing, mm-hmm. you know, you know, scheme is working, then I, I'd say then you, you're doing the right thing, and, and good luck with that. And um, I'm sure you'll have more to tell us, uh, you know, upcoming advertisements, or maybe I'll create a little song for you. I think you had a song on the commercial, though. What did you have? You had well, a, you I had do, a and I got an info commercial out. A whole bunch of I did. I went back to Phoenix and shot a whole bunch of info commercials this summer, and and uh, they're pretty funny, I guess. I, I was running around a cape in, in Phoenix with just my underwear and you know some uh, some shoes on and. Uh, and uh, you know, with a nutty buddy thing shirt on, yeah. and I had ramrod across my forehead. So there you go. So <laughs> I got a lot of stairs. I'm sure you did. That's good. <laughs> well, then you didn't. You know, <laughs> then you got to. Then you didn't go all the way. You got to next time. You know, uh, we uh, we wanted to. Um, I, I wanted to bring up. Uh, you know, some of the some of the things you've been doing with the Wake Foundation. I'd like you to, if you don't mind, uh, just letting yeah. us know. Um, some of the great things you've done and to explain what the Wake Foundation is and, um, and what your involvement is and um, let our audience know uh, if there's any uh, – it's a charitable organization and how they can help out if they're interested. Yeah. And uh, let's get into that a little bit. You, you can go uh, the Wake Foundation, W-A-K-E, Wake Foundation, is Robert Wake. And, and Robert got shot up pretty good over in Iraq, and uh, he took his son's place, and he was a minister actually – but he had done some work for Roy Blunt, but he was also in the hospital here at Jefferson Barracks for over a year and three months. And uh, that's how bad he, he was. was wow. You know, it was actually more, mortar that got him. <clears throat> and, uh, and so anyway, Robert, uh, he started the foundation, and uh, he saw me talking one day to the veterans. And I had, I had the books, and the, and the books are Americana anyway. It's, it, they're all true, as you well know. And so Robert kind of took a liking to me, and he said, hey, how would you like to partner up and help me out and do this? And I said, wow, that sounds really cool. So I, I get the opportunity. I'm so fortunate to go over. I've been to VA hospitals. I, I, I wear either my Royals or my Cardinals jersey in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I give out you know, my 5 by 7s And I start a conversation with all the people, and I, and I actually I like to make eye contact close, and I get down close to them because a lot of them can't hear you know, because they're older, and then some of them are younger and can't hear because of whatever, and there's so much going on with our veterans that, you know, people, I don't think they're really aware of, I think they just hear it, but I actually saw it, and uh, how uh, damaged they can be, and they need to be, let, they need to be, know, let, it, let, let it be known that you can walk up to them and say, hey, I appreciate your service, sir, and then you'll get a nice smile all the time out of them. And they'll say thank you. I appreciate that. And it's uh, well, I, it's very nice yeah. when I walk in there to those hospitals. I've been to Fayetteville, uh, uh, Marion, Illinois, Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis, Arkansas, Little Rock. Those two down there, the two here, and uh, I'm just kind of going all over the place. And uh, it, it's it's just amazing what I see and the stories that I hear. So I, I put those up on Facebook, and I've got some really good stories. And uh, mo- some won't want to talk, and I don't go there, but 
I've become a really good listener with those guys uh, because they've got some really, really good stories that will glue you right to the right, – right to them. You'll, you'll be glued well, on I, to I, them. I, I've seen, I've seen, and I've read some of the stories you, that you've posted on Facebook. And uh, and for our listeners, um, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to see some of the stories that Mark is uh, is mentioning, uh, just go to Mark's page, just go to Facebook, um, and uh, and you can find Mark on Facebook, and and he posts some great things about some of the work he's doing with the, with the Wake Foundation. And Mark, you know, you, we have. You know, we've 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 spoken about this about um about uh I, I'd love to do some, you know do something with you if uh, if the organization yeah. is just interested in having me come on uh, some of the touring with you and uh, do some live music for them that'd be great I'd love to get involved and uh, and and offer my services if I if if, I, if they'd like me to um and um I think it's great what you're doing with the vets and I and I always whenever I see a veteran I always thank them for the service and um I really I feel that. Yeah. Um, you know, freedom is not free, and uh, and the people that that sacrifice <clears throat> for uh, for our country, um, I mm-hmm. uh, give them a lot of credit, and um, and I certainly uh, really appreciate what they do, and um, it's great that you're involved. Well, Robert, in Robert doesn't take any money off of this. You know, a lot of people think, well, what what to get back? We didn't get anything. And you know, the thing about it is, is what when he does have donations, which he does, and you know, believe me, he does because he wants to those because he he supplies bands. And he's going to supply DA Colts uh, that East Coast when that happens, and you know, and, and all that stuff. And you know, uh, you know, you, you got to get these people out there to them. And uh, you know, the, the vets are surprised when I think I show up or whoever shows up and and just cares, you know, and, want, yeah. and wants to listen and uh, be a part of the whole situation and. You know, they they talk about it. It's all good. It's really good. It really it, 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 it is, and it's it's good that when you you've reached a level of 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 recognition in your in your work and your career and and what you do, and that um that people, it's I think that part of becoming successful at anything is being able to you know if you're a high profile person as you were and with Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. um. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's great. It's such a good feeling when you can sort of, you know, give back and, and say, hey, uh, I, I'm, I, I'd love to take you know, some time and, and, and show up someplace where people will appreciate it. And um, it makes them feel good that you've taken your time uh, to share with them. And uh, it's kind of this reciprocal thing where uh, you, you, you both feel good. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing that. And uh, that the, the Wake Foundation the 40s, is... Uh... Yeah, it, it, I remember in the forties. I gotta say this: in the forties, the uh, the women that I've been around in those uh, the, uh, those hospitals are so interesting because they may have started on building planes, and then all of a sudden they they just say, "Well, I think I want to go in and, and and be a part of the army or a part of this or part of that," and they go in there. And uh, I see a lot of older women in those hospitals just as well as men, and uh, it's just not a man thing. It, it, right. It's everybody, you know, included. And there's a lot of respect. And there's, I mean, I say yes, sir, because I know my father was in the Korean War. He got shot all to hell. Mom and right. dad are buried in Arlington. And he was a Marine. And so my brother and I, uh, if we if we didn't say yes, sir, or no, sir, we generally got knocked off a tractor. So that's the way it was. <laughs> Well, I, I've got, you know, you've told me the story about your dad. I know, you know, I, I know the story about your dad and, um, you know, you mm-hmm. grew up around, um, being in a, a military family. So I think it's a, you know, it's kind of a different mindset when you're, when you're, when you're raised that way. 
and um, you probably have a little bit of a different feeling maybe towards vets because it's so close to you and so personal. Um, but that's a great thing that you're, that you're involved with. And um, um, I'm looking forward to hearing more and uh, seeing more of the videos. And, um, mm-hmm. and we've got a, uh, we've got a world series game tonight and um, yep. that's going to be, uh, that's going to be starting in just a little while, just a few minutes. So I, I presume that you will be uh, that you'll be watching. Where where are you going to be watching the game tonight, Mark? At home or are you going to be in out? Sa- uh... I'm in St. Louis. No, I'm in St. Louis tonight, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be watching the game. And you got two left-handers going against each other, and you got that short porch out there. I pitched right. in Dodgers Day. I pitched in Boston, and mm-hmm. actually I liked pitching in both stadiums, and uh, I did well. I, one because I think it's a crowd because I liked. When I got used to crowds, I did, I actually kind of liked them okay. And then uh, I, Boston in particular, I know you probably don't like this, but Boston in particular, I got a standing ovation once. Uh, I actually struck out the side, and I came back toward the dugout, and they just stood up and started clapping. And I went, wow. But, you know, about the New York fans, <clears throat> get back to that. The New York fans should be pulled for Boston because if the Cubs – one, I would want the Cubs to win because if I'm in their division, I'm going to say doggone it because the Yankees, you know, took them right there too. So I would be pulling actually for uh, Boston if I was a Yankees fan. I know that's possibly in, in, entirely impossible sometimes, <laughs> but you do have the Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers. I know because of the, well, the, the, the trolley cars. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to beg to differ on that one. I, I'm definitely. I'm definitely going with the Dodgers. Although the, uh, you know the Yankees were. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. The Yankees had had a great club. They had they had a they, they won 100 games. They had a great season. Yes. And I think that the, mm-hmm. the, I think that the Red Sox had to beat. You know, I mean, they beat the Yankees and they beat Houston, and those really were the two second and third best teams. Uh, in the American yep. League this year, I really believe those are the three best teams, and I think that uh, yep. you know if a, a call here, a base hit there, um, you know the series could have gone uh, you know a different way for any of those either of those teams. Um, but Boston but, uh, outlasted them, and uh, and they they deserve to be where they are. They had a, they had a great 108 games they won. You know, Mark, when you win 108 games, you probably should win the World Series. You should. It doesn't always happen. That's the unique thing about doesn't the, world, happen, the but playoffs and the World Series. You know, anything can right. happen. Sure, of course. Uh, but, it's a, it's but a new you season. Tell something else uh, a lot of people don't do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. Go ahead. The, uh, the, the, a lot of, you got to also think about the catchers on both sides. So you've got Barnes, you know, Austin Barnes over with uh, the Dodgers, and then you've got Vasquez over with Boston and, you know, that's a big deal. They're, they're talking that, well, they're not much on hitting, but you know, the biggest thing is they're very good at controlling their staff. Right. And if, if that staff likes that catcher and that catcher can keep that ball in front of him and he does his job, that is huge, you know, for an organization. It's so hard to find a catcher. It's very hard. I'm such an advocate for the catcher's job is really to control the pitching staff. If you get, if you, if you get some, 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 you know, a good, a decent average and some dingers out of them, that's a plus. That's gravy. Mm-hmm. But really his job mm-hmm. is to be a backstop and, and to really handle yep. the pitching staff. And, and that's the most important thing I think. And, and also, you know, they're kind of like the field general. And that's why I think they make such good managers because they see the whole game uh, from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And um and you see a lot of a lot of there's probably more former catchers as as, as major league managers at, at you know at, at any at, at any time usually there's most of yeah. I'd say a, 
a better percentage of well, the managers got, were former captains. You got captains. Bochy and Osmus and uh, you got oh, Bochy, yeah. Osmus, and Matheny who yep. got let go. But, yeah, you've got all these catchers. Rope, and then right? the, other, you know, the, other, the other thing that I saw that was also interesting is I was watching the hitting. And uh, the hitters, they always talk about the launch angle, which is a new thing in the past two years or so, always got the launch angle and stuff like that, and everybody's ripping their butt, you know, to try to hit the dinger. Well, if you notice, they're hitting dingers, but the thing about it is, you know, in this series, I saw Boston in particular, and the Dodgers a little bit, but Boston in particular used the whole field, and they went the opposite way, you know, so they cut their swing down with two strikes, and that's actually the way you're supposed to do it, you know, rather than continuing, although you know, the other guys did the same, too. They cut their swing down a little bit, but not like Boston did. They made a little bit more contact, I thought, than, than the Dodgers. And uh, I'm not just saying uh, I, that's I, what they won yesterday. No, I so. agree. I agree. They're, you know, that, that, that ball club, uh, they're, they're, they've got some smart hitters on that club, and uh, they definitely made some – baseball, as you know, is about adjustments. And uh, it's constantly adjusting. And um, uh, even, even down, you know, minute, pitch to pitch. And uh, they, I think they did a better job of, uh, of adjusting. And we, we got a, you and I, Mark, had a conversation um, a few days ago about. Um, I wanted to touch on this. Uh, uh, you know, the first time uh, that a, a, you know a, a ball club faces each other, or, or the first time a, a pitcher sees a hitter. Sure. Uh, who, who do you think has the advantage, uh, the pitcher? And and and, and you, we agree that the, the the pitcher usually has the advantage. But um, I'm, sure. I'm wondering yeah, if, if I'm wondering if. Uh, if that was the case in, in last night, in last night's particular game? Well, there were some uh, new eyes, obviously that had not seen the pitching and, and vice versa. But the one thing that has changed the whole scope of the game in the last 25 to 30 years is video. And it's even better now because they can go down after they're at bat and see what they hit, made an out on swung through the count, the sequence, the whole nine yards, they can actually do that. It's very simple to do. And, and they have those people that are pulling that up for them. And they have, they have actually probably two to three monitors down there behind that, right. in that runway somewhere. And it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting how the game, you can uh, get prepared for it mentally because it's more of a mental game at this stage. Of, you know, when, I mean, you're, 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 you're on the grind right now. At the, at the at the apex of everything coming to a head right here, you you could have three games left, you could have five games left. It doesn't matter, but <clears throat> everything's coming to a head right now, and uh, the the video plays a very big part, and uh, you know, and also the information that they get, uh, the, the tendencies that pitchers have, the tendencies that uh, the spray charts where uh, guys hit the baseball. And, well, they, uh, they I mean, used to have a book. was actually yeah, the first I mean, guy to use that. Right, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was going to say. Uh, you know, uh, the, the game has become so scientific. They used to have, as you as you know, what, what used to be called a book on a guy, but now they've got uh-huh. like medical records on the guy. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's 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 become so specific to, uh, you know, right down to uh, what the guy had for dinner before the game. Um, it's, yeah, you know, it's the crazy. funny thing though is, is these, most of these pitchers like me, we're we're still dumbasses though. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we see all guys standing there at the plate, you know, and yeah, and uh, I know one thing I'd love to see is when they swing on me, you know, because then I I read their swing, you know, you don't right. always remember the swing, and the scoreboard tells you how to pitch and play a ball game anyway, so I mean if you got a four to one lead in the third inning, 
you're throwing different than you would at, on a on a one to one you know tie ball game. So it's it's different and uh, everything changes. That's the unique thing about America's game baseball is that it is a very intricate game if you really get into the what they're trying to do at that time. I mean it's like Machado dropped the bunt you know the other day in, uh, with the Brewers and uh, it was on it was on a, uh, I think a three two count. You know he's going to get a fastball. He says he dropped the bunt. And he just yeah. he walked in he walked on down to first, and yeah. uh, you know that's heads up baseball. He's sharp, he's a good player. And then uh, he's the villain. He although he is the villain still right now. I guess he's right. playing a bad boy. <laughs> so, he's a great player though. And, uh, yeah, he was a great player. Yeah. You know you can't take yeah. that away from him. Yeah. The uh, so kind of going back to what you were saying, like you know, all this introduction of analytics and. Uh, obviously, Oakland A's, you know, circuitously made it kind of back into the mix this year, kind of out of nowhere, playing this, uh, you know, going, hearkening back to the, the days of Billy Billy Bean, who actually I just saw recently, uh, probably about two months ago. He, you know, he's on the he's on the talking circuit right now. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's a nice handsome paycheck, uh, from what I understand. And, uh, mm-hmm. the, the interesting thing is, I mean, he's very well spoken and, and really does a good job kind of laying out the evolution of, of one aspect of the game and introducing, you know, just, you know, significant analytics at the end of the day, you're still, there's a guy that's standing at the plate looking to hit. There's a guy that's throwing and you got, you got a, a defense behind you. Now, uh, yep. it's interesting. I didn't know anything about the, I, I can't say that I'm surprised. I didn't know anything about those guys being able to kind of go down into the tunnel and, and, and look at some quick, you know, uh, oh. one, two fil- filmage on like what just transpired and, and kind of look for uh, tendencies on the fly. Um, that's, oh. that's fascinating. I think that's great. Like our listeners, like w- love hearing stuff like that. And, and c- quite frankly, you know, you're, you're, you're down, you, you've, you've seen, you know, come a long way yeah. in terms of the evolution of the game. And I'm wondering, like, just going back there, there was some controversy probably about, I don't know if it was earlier this year or last year where they started, you know, the tendencies of hitters and they started doing a ton of shifting. Many, some teams started doing a ton of shifting and moving. I'm talking like second baseman into like left field mm-hmm. and like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And like, just kind of want to get your thoughts on. And it was really kind of flummoxing uh, the, 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 the team that was on offense at the time. Uh, so just want to, I don't know if you have any thoughts about, all this, like almost going to the extreme of, all right, we know that there's a tendency here with this guy for this, in this situation or whatever, whatever right. the re- reasoning is. And we're going to just start doing these obtusive shifts. What do you like? What, yeah. I mean, is that, is that, are we going overboard here or what? Well, I think you can go overboard. Uh, I mean, they did, we did shifts too back then. And they did shifts on like John Mayberry, our first baseman. And, uh, John would just he just bunt sometimes. If we were down four to one, he just bunt. He was a base runner. It was no good for him to hit a pop up. If he hit the home run, it's only four to two. You know, if we didn't, nobody's on base. So right. he we he he wanted to be the on base percentage right there. And then uh, so he just dropped a bunch, just start laughing down the line. <laughs> he just laugh and clap his hands. And then uh, we might get something started a little bit. We might get a run or two out of it. Maybe not. But that's how you got to do. You got to uh, manufacture the runs at that time when you're down sometimes uh, with pretty darn good pitching, especially. And, you know, the one thing is you've got to, you know, you break down the pitcher, but you know, those guys see that pitcher maybe from the time when they faced them the last time in LA or 
Milwaukee or Atlanta or wherever, they can, they pull all that stuff up to how he pitched you with nobody on base, pitched you with a runner in scoring position, which they will pitch you differently, and I would too. You know, that's, that's a different song and dance when you got get the runner in scoring position. So, you know, what's he going to throw in this sequence, possibly, potentially, you know, at that point? Mark, in, in regards to our, for our listeners uh, who are not familiar with John, Mar- John Mayberry in regards to your story, John Mayberry, John Mayberry was a player who could hit a ball a mile. So, yeah. um, uh, this is, this is the, uh, I think that was the point you were trying to make and why he would, you know, uh, why he, he skipped down the, the baseline laughing. Um, because, yeah. you know, I guess when he, when he came to the plate, most of the time, uh, the, 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 the outfields would take two or three steps back towards the wall. Um, and, exactly. uh, yep. and, so, and put the shift on. Right. And put the shift yep. on. So, uh, for him to, you know, for him to, uh, to play a little, uh, you know, a little, little trickery by, by laying a bunt down, uh, is, 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 mm-hmm. is just smart baseball. I mean, he, I'm sure he was, a yeah, yeah I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I remember him playing, uh, but I don't recall, uh, you know, the really, the intricacies of his game. Uh, but, uh, but he mm-hmm. sounds like he was a very smart player and I know he was a great first, I, I believe he was a gold glove first baseman. Was he not? Uh, I believe he was too. I know Keith Hernandez sure was that I played with. Oh yeah. Well, Keith, you Keith, know. I watched play in, uh, in Shea stadium, uh, for, yeah. for years. And, uh, I saw him make some of the most unbelievable plays. I, I really believe that, uh, you know, he was between him and Don Mattingly, you know, in New York for who was the the better first baseman. That was a tough one because Keith was Keith. a great glove. <laughs> I, 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 yes, yeah, it's, it's it's very possible that you know, <clears throat> I'm not going to disagree you know, with that. You know, uh, on Keith as a hitter, uh, he was a line drive spray hitter, so they they played right. Keith straight up. You know, and they would drop back a couple steps because he could hit the ball. You know, hard he could off, hit the, off the sure, wall. Absolutely, yeah. he didn't. Want, he wasn't trying to hit home runs. I be, if look, Keith Hernandez no. was the kind of hitter that if he if he wanted to hit twenty five, thirty home runs, he probably he could change his his, his game, and he probably mm-hmm. could have. Mm-hmm. But I think he felt he and he'd more strike effective. out more, and he'd strike <laughs> out more. But he was he was more effective. You know, hitting three thirty or you know three fifteen to three thirty. I think he. Uh, I, I believe he was a batting champion one year with three thirty six to three thirty eight. Right. Isn't that right? Um, yep. and, uh, Somewhere but there. he's, yeah, but he was a, he was a, he was a perennial 300 hitter and, uh, and he was an amazing yeah. first baseman. And I saw him play. I saw him play at Chase stadium for years. Well, I'm dating well, myself. Cause the only thing I remember about Keith is Seinfeld. I'm Keith Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I mean, I was a little, I, I, I still, I mean, I was probably about I was running around in my PJs. When Keith Hernandez, you know, I was trying four, I think, when he was playing. Well, I wasn't running around in my PJs. Uh, we, we saw him uh, night, night, nightly at, at Chase Stadium making incredible plays. And uh, he was such a leader on that, uh, on that 86. Uh, actually, uh, I, the, the 85 season where the, the, they, uh, they came up, just came up short against uh, your St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, that was a great right. season for the Mets. You, you knew that they were right there and that they were, they were the next year that was going to be their year. But that 85 season was, it was, that was, that was the I 70 series against uh, what yeah. your, your two right. former, your 85. two former clubs. Yeah. So, uh, 85 was this, was the I 70 series. So, so I, let me ask you a question. Uh, who did you root for Mark? You played for both ball clubs. <laughs> I was the front runner. Who, who's ever ahead. I'd, I'd sit on the blue or the red. Didn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I can switch. <laughs> well, that, so that had to be uh, 
that had to be kind of tough because uh, you know you came up, you know the the, the Cardinals, you know brought you up. Uh, you, you had right. some formidable years there, but but uh, if if I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the all-time strikeout leader for relievers for the St. Louis Cardinal organization. Is that correct? Isn't that funny? I mean, Stan Musial, uh, Bob Gibson, McCarver, I mean, the, the all these guys. They need to is a tell. <laughs> <laughs> the organization, the St. Louis Cardinals were were around since like the Civil War. So I mean, I try to, to to be to be the the strikeout, the all time strikeout leader. You know, as a reliever for anything for that club, it's amazing. For any, it was for a single season. For what it was, it was 1979. And you know what? About four years ago, I got a call from this ESPN, uh, you know, uh, intern. And you know, Uh I know when I get interns, he said, "Uh, "Mr. Littell," and I said, "What do you want?" And so, so uh, I gave him a little bit of a tough time. And he says, "Well, you know, (laughs) your 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 record your record might fall." I said, "What record?" He said, "Will you hold the all-time Cardinal uh, single-season record for strikeouts?" I said, "No shit." And so he said, "He said, yeah." And I said, "Well, who's supposed to break it?" He says, "Rosenthal." I said, "Well, that's great. You know, I hope he breaks it. You know, well, he missed it by three, so I still hold it." Wow, it's just that. funny. It's just funny the way that you found out by 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 calling the organization. Yeah. You had no idea until I, somebody had to tell you. That's hilarious. Um, you you, you may want to check. You may want to you may want to go through the record books and check some of your other stats to see if you hold any other records that you're not aware of. Well, you just read the last chapter of my first book, and you'll see some really funny statistics on me because I was at the wrong place at the right time and the right place at the wrong time. And right. I, uh, for instance, uh, Pete Rose. Uh, he got the National League breaking hit off me in Philadelphia, and Stan Musial was there following it, and it came off me. It was a broken bat to the 5-6 hole, and if Ozzie couldn't get it, he ain't going to get it. So Gene Tennis was catching me. He comes out, and there's 10 minutes of hoopla. But Gino comes out, and he's got about three World Series rings worth on him. And he says, hey, country. I said, yeah, what? He said, way to go, big boy. You're in the freaking record books again. I said, <laughs> so. So, so, you, so, so I, I wasn't, wait, hold on a second. Wait, wait, so hold on, Mark. I was not aware that you gave up Pete Rose's 3,000 and uh, something. Yeah, three, I don't know, 40 something. It, it, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It was, uh, know it was that. Stan Musial's record. In, uh, uh, and then uh, I, I was not, the first guy to enter the DH rule for the Royals, actually. Wow. And what he said to me one night. Yeah. What he, what he said to me one, one night, and I was the closer, but. We had used some somebody, and I had uh, not pitched in two days and or something. And you know, he used guys on the bench, and they were hurt. And he said, "Hey, uh, he called me Airhead." He said, "Air." I said, "Yeah." He said, "When's the last time you hit?" I said, uh, "A ball." He said, uh, "You're up third. Oh. I'm going to keep. Oh. I'm, you're going to you're going to be the DH. I'm going to put you in that spot, and you, so I can go up back out and pitch." So that's what happened. And, uh, and, and so I, I was the first you- DH for the Royals. Did you get a, did you get a couple too. good hacks? <laughs> no, I took three right down the middle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was probably you, you, you didn't want to injure Rick anything Lake. swinging the bat, yeah. So, so yeah, wait, right. when you were there, when you were there for the for the well, you were there, you were participatory in, in breaking the record. Were you? Was this the game where they drove that ridiculous Corvette on the field and stopped the game? Yeah, there was a lot of oh, yeah, so, I, was, I was watching that. Oh, I was watching that live. It yeah. was just. It was. Uh, my dad is a you know big Red Machine fan. Grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and yeah. uh, you know so that game was live and direct. I think the whole series of games you know leading up to that moment were completely. Uh, mm. We're 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 playing in our in our home in Northeast Ohio, and I just remember. 
that Corvette coming out of the field, and I'm like, what <laughs> am I watching? A, a, a dra- are we going to start yeah. drag racing? <laughs> here's, here's another one I got. I, 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 here's another one I got. I, I'm the only player to have more RBIs than hits. I have two hits in my career and three RBIs. <laughs> that <laughs> go, happened. Go figure. Well, I got that, him in back-to-back. I got him back-to-back days, too, against the Phillies. Tug McGraw, of all people, I come up there, and I'm left-handed here, he's left-handed thrower, and uh, pitcher. And so he walks me on four pitches, in comes my first RBI. The next day, I, I mean, we hit very rarely hit, but I got back in there, and I was hitting again. And I, we, I had the Latino connection on second and third, uh, Silvio Martin, uh, Silvio and, uh, and uh, Sanchez were all over there on uh, – second and so uh I, I get a hit off of a uh, dickie knowles and it goes to the five six hole i mean it goes to the four three hole right there uh, between second and first both those runs score and i'm just laughing my ass off <laughs> you got a you got a hit off, da- off left-hander daryl knowles no 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 uh, dickie knowles was right-handed oh, but daryl oh, was dickie on our knowles. team actually <laughs> oh daryl yeah, knowles was great that guy daryl knows that guy yeah he, played on, he was on our team actually then Oh, I didn't know that he played. With, I didn't know you played with that. Daryl Knowles, Daryl Knowles in 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 the uh, in the in for the A's in the '74 World Series p- appeared in every game in that World Series. That's right. He made an no, appearance he was in with every game. He was with the A's. The Oakland A's. I did not yep. know that. So I did not know that he. But he yep. was a great pitcher for the A's. That guy could really pitch. Um, oh, and he was durable. Good. Obviously, you, 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 when you, you make an appearance in every night in a row in a World Series, your arms, your arms got to be made of rubber or some other kind of oh, yeah. material. Uh, dep- yeah. Yeah, exactly. or, or, or some um, substance on the ball or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I'll try to get him on the show and ask him about that. Mark, we, uh, we're, we're going to have to wrap this up. And um, I just wanted to, uh, to thank you for uh, – for your time and coming on the show and uh we're going to do this again obviously you and i uh you know uh, to for our listeners mark mark and i chat uh quite frequently and um and and uh so i i kind of have a general idea of mark's availability so i will uh i will we'll, we'll talk about our next uh our next uh engagement here and um hopefully it will be soon and i want want to yep. thank you once again it's always a pleasure having you on mark and it's a, it's such a you know you're so knowledgeable and uh you you really give a lot of insight into 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 the game of baseball and and uh and educate people that may not know you know as much as as you know we were talking about uh, it's great to give a you know give a little bit of a tutorial out there once in a while and you're and the man. you're entertaining man and you're entertaining <laughs> that's all that matters that's all that matters to that Brian. way Brian that way GA you guys keep me going just you know, grind me up I keep going <laughs> that we wind we wind you up. Well, Mark, we, uh, we, we wish you all the best and, uh, with your endeavors and uh, with the Wake Foundation, and uh, enjoy the rest of the World Series, and uh, we will talk again very soon. You take care of yourself, buddy. You guys have a good one. Catch you later. Thanks, right. Mark. Okay. And for D.A. Cole, this is Brian Gard, and actually, this is D.A. Cole. <laughs> and thanks once again for joining us and tuning in to Turning Up the Heat. We'll come be, be back at you real soon with another show. I think it'll be in uh, two weeks, possibly. Could be. Looks like it probably. Uh, three weeks, I believe. Three weeks. Three weeks. Right. Well, we'll sort it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort out the logistics, and uh, we'll get her done. But thanks again, everybody. Good night. Thank you.